0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who shows us the way. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, have any of you seen the movie Rango? That's what I thought. It really didn't do that well in the box office, uh, and, and, but it's a really good movie. So if you have a little bit of spare time, it's a movie that's all about a chameleon in the wild, wild west. And the chameleon is played by Johnny Depp, and uh, it, it's really fun, and it has a lot to do with my sermon. It was actually the thing that was going on in the background of my head when I was thinking about the sermon, that and, and Braveheart and a few other movies. And the the thing about all of those movies put together is that they're all about people that are waiting for a leader. It's one of those themes that, that pops up in, in several of our movies, actually. If you, you take a look at um, a, a lot of the movies that, that we enjoy, they, there's almost this sort of sub-genre of this character uh, that is this leader who, who kind of comes and is developed right in front of the eyes of the audience, and we see them develop as uh, the people around them, the community that's waiting for them, Begins to recognize and begins to follow the leadership of this leader. And it, it's this really neat thing that, that we see from time and, and time again that there is this, this part of our souls, this part of our being that understands what it means to wait for a leader. Because if we didn't understand what that meant, these movies wouldn't be popular. Take Rango out of that insert. Braveheart, wildly popular. Transformer movies are, are a lot like this as well. There's all sorts of different movies that have this sort of character that develops and is this character that comes on the scene and maybe doesn't look like much at first. Maybe this character doesn't look much like a leader at all. And yet, throughout the course of the movie, you begin to see this character's arc. But really, when in these movies, what you see in these movies is that that character's arc is actually pretty flat. That that character, you know, maybe might have some sort of sense of self-actualization that they are actually a leader. But usually, it's been with them the whole time. It's been with them the whole time, and, and they're just sort of getting to the point of their destiny. Actually, the real story arc in those movies doesn't have as much to do with the leader who is usually in the forefront, usually the protagonist. The story arc actually has more to do with the community that's surrounding the leader. The community that usually serves as the backdrop of where this leader is at. And so usually when you watch those movies, you see as the the sort of curtains come up, you you get to know the community first. The directors are usually very keen to show you what they're like and what, what they want. They're usually set in some sort of well, a place where they don't really necessarily want to be. And they usually have these hopes and these dreams, these ideas that somehow they will be saved from this horrible, despicable place that they're in. And they will be led into a place that's filled with rainbows and unicorns. And along comes the leader. And people react differently to the leader. People react in different ways, and and those different ways begin to sort of show you the the arc of this community, as character. And some of the people in the community, well, they look at the leader and they scoff at first. And they say, there's no way that that person will ever be anything. There's no way that that person will ever amount to anything. And there are other people that from the very moment that the leader steps on the scene, you can get this sense that they have this deep-seated belief that somehow, even though it doesn't seem very apparent right up front, that somehow this is the one that they have been waiting for. And there's all sorts of people in between, the sort of slow adopters, the ones who don't quite get it at first, but then after they do get it, they're the ones that are the biggest fans of the leader and the the ones that do probably the the biggest amount of work. And the story plays on and plays on and plays on. And we know it because it's a part of our culture. But we also know it from our epistle reading. Let me read that again for you. Just the first few little lines that Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his Son, who was descended from David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord. So there we have Paul saying, this, this Jesus Christ, this God-man, this man who was sent from the Father, this is our hero. This is our leader. This is the one that we've been waiting for. And just like all of those movies, several of us have different reactions to that leader. We see that happening throughout the Gospels. Jesus Christ born in a way that well, doesn't seem very kingly, really. He doesn't seem very royal, being born to, well, kind of an iffy family situation, if you look at it simply from the externals. Being born in a strange town, in a place where animals are fed, this doesn't look like somebody who you would immediately pick out and say, well, that's a leader. And yet that's the the arc of the story in so many of our stories that we love so much about about leaders, is that the leader comes up from this place that, well, isn't much of anything. And yet through the course of what you begin to understand, you, you begin to see that this person actually is a leader. And through that course, you have all of those same people. You have the people that immediately and pretty much always say, that is not going to be the leader, that in fact is a villain. And you have those people show up in Jesus' life, those people that bring him to the cross and finally bring him to Pilate so that he can be crucified. And you have other people, people that almost from the get-go, they, they understand that there's something different about this Jesus. There's something different about Him from the very moment that He's born. Shepherds in a field and all of a sudden there's angels. That's a little bit different. And they get it. And they say, okay, alright, that, that that's who He is. And then there's other people that are slow to adopt and that's where Paul is. Paul has heard all of the stories about Jesus, and he's like, whatever. I'm going to keep on killing Christians because they're weird. But then he finally gets it. And he becomes one of the most stalwart defenders of who this leader is. And so he's writing to the people at Rome saying, I know who the leader is. I've, I've seen this movie, I've read this book, I know what's going on. This is the leader. He may not look like it right at first, but this is the one. This is the one that is going to save us from our sins. This is the one that died on the cross. This is the one that rose again from the tomb. This is the leader. This is the one that is going to bring us out of our sins. And then he goes on. Because you see, in every one of those movies, the interesting thing is that the leader is always really great, right? The leader is, is al- always does these things that are sort of superhuman. The leader always does these things that uh, we could never do ourselves. And they seem almost kind of magical. They seem uh, impossible, for us to uh, really grab hold and and be like. But we don't have to be. Because you see, the proof of a leader in all of these movies is not the leader. When Braveheart is stretched out on that cross-looking thing, and he's dying there as they take his entrails out, The proof isn't William Wallace. The proof is in the crowd. In the rest of the movie, from that point on, you begin to see the proof of how great a leader William Wallace was. Because you see the people that follow his line. You see the people that get what the leader was all about. And at the end of the movie, Braveheart, there as you're watching, almost the credits about to roll, you see that this ragtag bunch of people that would never have become much of anything, that at the Battle of Bannockburn, they fight like warrior poets, Grayline. And they prove the leader. That's what Paul is talking about here in this epistle lesson when he says, this Jesus Christ through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you, who are called to believe In Jesus Christ. What Paul is saying here is that you are that part of the movie. You're that part that gets it. You know who your leader is. You know that even though he was born in a situation that maybe didn't look like the best situation, even though he died in a way that looked like maybe it wasn't the best way to die, you know his leadership. You know, the interesting thing about all of these movies, when it comes to uh, the difference between the beginning of the movie and the end in that character arc of the community that's watching the leader, is that there's something simple that you can identify in in pretty much all of these movies. And that something simple that you can identify is the difference in the wants of the people. When it comes up, you definitely see what their wants are, but then when it ends, that has usually changed. And it's changed because the leader has shown them a different way. It's changed because it's no longer all about them. But it's about following the vision of that leader. Following William Wallace. Following Rango. Following pick your favorite movie hero. And that's the way it is with us too. You see, what that is, is really becoming a disciple. That that moment in time where you say, well, I had these once, but now those don't seem that important to me. Now what seems important to me is following the leadership of this one who has led me. That is what discipleship is all about. And Jesus tells us, and we've been talking about this for a long time, Jesus tells us, this is how you become my disciples. This is what Paul is talking about when he's saying, you've received grace and apostleship to fulfill the obedience of faith and to tell it to the world. Here's what it is it's all about loving one another as he's loved us. Because that's what our hero's done. He's loved us to the point of coming into a sin-sick world. He's loved us to the point of coming into a family that looks broken. He's loved us to the point of living with us and living with all of the angry and unsightly things that we say to one another. He's loved us to the point of even being crucified for us on a cross. He's loved us to the point of not letting death hold Him down. And now, it's our part of the movie. It's the discipleship part of the movie. Where we get to look at Him and receive that grace that He's given us, and the forgiveness of our sins, and the inclusion in the church, and our baptisms, and all of the graces upon graces that He's given us, and say, It's our turn before he comes back, we're waiting for a king to return to us once again. But in the meantime, we're going to prove that he's a king, prove that he's a leader, bring glory to his name by being his disciples and living out that love that he first showed us by making us His own. Amen.